0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Both near and far. Both near and far. About just how fast. We truly are. We truly are. Take these words. Take these words. Across the land.
2: Across the land.
1: Divided we fall. Divided we fall. United we stand. United we stand. Think about greatness. Think about greatness. Your history. Your history. Without my people.
2: Without my people I my, would my people wouldn't be? Would be? be without my people I
3: You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you, for Thursday, October 20th, 2011. This new internet-based broadcast is designed to service the African-American community in Chicago and beyond. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Join us right here every Thursday evening for Black Wall Street USA. We're here from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Thursday evenings. Please note the time change, and we want you to be with us and to be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across this country and the world. Our host is Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal, located off of 35th and King Drive, right here in Chicago. Ron has been the editor of the South Street Journal for more than 18 years, and the South Street Journal is celebrating a special, with a special 18th anniversary issue. But I'll let him share that with you. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 12010, and Mr. Carter's co-host for this evening's show. We've been back and forth for a little while. We took a break. We went to changes, and we came back trying to get my mouth untwisted and get back into the swing. That music that that song puts me in the mood, my spirit gets me going. I enjoy listening to that, And I hope that you enjoy it too. I, I really want to share that with you that song with you when I found it out there, and I'll tell you a little bit about the writer and the producer of that. This show has a national focus. We reach out to organizations, individuals, businesses across this nation. In our efforts to connect the dots, the spiritual dots of our people across this land, it's not easy sometimes, people, it's not easy sometimes, but we have to go forward. We have to continually go forward, whether it's in your personal life experience, your business life experience, your relationships, your family experiences. We cannot afford to continue to stand still with this show we will bring forth ideas and agendas that are already in place to let the nation know what works. That's what we're interested in. We want to bring people forward that, whose voices we don't always hear. We've been hearing the same voices all my life. I'd like to hear some new opinions. I'd like to know about some different positions. I'd like to learn something. We bring forth people from across the nation who know how to make it work, and that's what we're looking for here. I like to to wake up in the morning and be thankful after I check out my body parts and nothing's hurting. I know I'm woke, I'm breathing, I can see. I'm thankful for that. But I'd like to approach my day and my life as a learning experience, and I hope that we can share some of that with you, and I hope that you will share that with us. The ongoing question for this show for this year What did black America accomplish in 2010, and what is the number one priority for our communities in 2011? We've asked that question a few times on this show, and people want to stray away from the question. The answers and responses they usually give are not the answers to the question, What did black America accomplish in 2010? What is the number one priority for our communities now and going forward? That's what we want to know. Opening up the show was our new theme song, I Love My People, gifted to us by Mr. Oba William King of Just Us Arts. Visit their Chicago organization at www.justusarts.org told the chairman, I like my people sometimes, but I'm trying to move toward that love my people thing. Working on it, people. Working on it. This is Black Wall Street USA. I call the number is 347-326-9477. 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. The chairman should be in the chat room shortly. chairman. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. Before we bring on the chairman, I want to share a little history about Chicago's Black Business Network, a little self-promotion. Last week we talked about the history of Black Wall Street Chicago and Black Wall Street Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can listen to that show in our archives. Chicago's Black Business Network, for uh, which I am the founder, was started in July of 2008 it just happened like most things in life but you it takes you and you and you run with it i have enjoyed the process believe me i am it, it is a great process and uh brought out some characteristics in me i didn't even know i had brought out some skills in me that i didn't even know i had met some wonderful individuals meet them every day they call me every day i am so fortunate and i and i have to be thankful for that i am very very fortunate so that was july 2008, my background um, for the past five or six years was uh, as a loan officer, and we know what happened to that industry. So I pulled out of it and uh, I wanted to start. I knew eventually I would go back into it, and I have a broker's license and I do have an LO license, which are inactive at this time. And I will reactivate those uh, businesses in January of this year, going to kick it off real big uh, next year. But I thought I would just form a social network, and they said, push the button, and I did. And I said, well, when I get ready to go back in, I will have a referral base. And and absolutely, I'm very fortunate now to have over 800 members, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a time. Come over and join us. In March of 2009, we began CBB on Blog Talk Radio, and that show was set up for our members to call in and tell about their businesses, the majority of them, are businesses. 85% are Chicago-based. So moving forward, in November 2009, Black Wall Street Chicago was added to the lineup, and then we decided that we would make this a national show. Hence, we renamed it Black Wall Street USA. And uh, I think Ron Carter and I have done about Close to 100 shows And uh, you can listen to all those In our archive. If you got the time Have some great shows It's a growing process Still growing We're still growing And uh, keep st- taking baby steps And we keep making it We keep making it Just like you do In August 2011 We launched Chicago's Black Business Radio Network Something which I am very excited about Going forward And the first installation for that was Book Talk with Dr. Constance D. Shabazz, owner of Books, Inc. I couldn't ask for more. I couldn't ask for more. This is how I get blessed, and I am very fortunate. Dr. Shabazz has been in the book industry for about 30 years. They have a bookstore on 103rd and Hall right off the metro station on 103rd. I couldn't be more more fortunate to have someone with that type of background as a host on our show and uh, that first show airs saturday october twenty ninth at ten a, I mean um in august our next show with book talk and we want you to be sure and check uh check us out it's saturday october twenty ninth that's what I'm trying to get to at ten a m that's ten a m to noon. And a little bit later in the show, I'll share uh, her upcoming guest with you. It's a very exciting guest. Dr. Shabazz has hosted Author Showcase for five years at the Woodson Library on 95th and hosted. This year was on October the 1st and October the 15th. Loved it. It was great. All kind of authors from across the country were were there and uh, some great seminars, some great feedback. Absolutely love it. We're moving forward to add about eight new shows and broadcasters within the next thirty days. Yes, I do create work for myself on Chicago's Black Business Radio network. a variety of shows. I am very, very excited. I put out a call for broadcasters got about thirty five calls, so we're going to take it in steps. We're going to launch about eight shows in November, and after that we'll probably launch about uh eight more and we're going to continue we're going to continue forward with that. Now, if you're interested in being a broadcaster, my door is open. You can absolutely contact me at 312-239-8835, 312-239-8835. This show is rebroadcast on WJPC-FM Chicago, the soul of Chicago, on Saturday mornings. And uh, that's from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And I'm excited to say that in the co- upcoming weeks, we'll be sharing news of our new syndication and TV show. Uh, just working people, working people. We have 800-plus mem- members, and we want you to join us and touch the world. 2012 is going to be an exciting year for us. So we've made a commitment to host our first, our first, our first, our first Chicago's Black Business Network Expo on May 11th, 2012. I put, I'm putting this out there so that I can keep my promise to myself. I know that's a big job, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do that. That's my birthday, and I'm throwing myself one hell of a party. So join us now at www.Chicago'sBlackBusinessNetwork.com and be a part of all that we do to promote and support black businesses locally and nationally. Let's see if our chairman is here on the line with us. Ron Carter, welcome to the show.
4: Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here again, uh, displaying our works, our history, and our forwardness uh, with the question, what have we achieved? And uh Definitely has been a lot, and uh, it just seems as though with the compound new issues, yes, we have achieved a lot.
3: Well, tell us what's been going on with Black Wall Street in Chicago, Chairman.
4: Well, we have, uh, we have not had a summit since uh, I believe it was last July, so we're headed on having our next summit on December the 10th. Uh, We are building our relationships with our districts. Um, We have um, not only that, we are starting, even though we have had the sanctions and the uh, resolutions from the state of Illinois, one thing that we have not done was had an official declaration, proclamation, resolution from the city of Chicago, so we're headed in that way, uh, having a meeting with Alderman um Austin who is the chair of the budget and also is the heading of the mayor's uh tax incremental financing task force in which we're taking the position that the city of Chicago, just as the state of Illinois, must look at black business as a priority in addressing the social ills that we continue to address. So we feel as though that once we establish businesses in our community, once we establish the economic uh, direction of our own community, that will reflect the goodwill to address a lot of these social problems that we continually to have, um, actually they just haven't worked. You know, we, we pump as much money into the police, we pump as much money into uh, youth programs, into social programs, but we have not pumped money into business. And the political landscape of Chicago, from the zoning to the permits, has stopped that growth. So we need a declaration from the city of Chicago when it comes to the allocation of money for businesses. When it comes to the uh, the different programs from the social service areas to the TIF area to the economic development um, uh, SSI or the MPA or whatever or the neighborhood housing area, we need a priority. black business and one measure that we have to help that is the black contractors in the neighborhood but it's not just them Uh, the contractor issue has been an ongoing issue within the black community and so uh, many of the black contracting organizations regardless of their their issues they are looking forward to rallying their support as one to not address the minority issue but to address the black issue. So the compound issue seems as though what have we achieved Uh, because every time we turn around there's something new. Uh, And even as the mayor addressed their new budget for the 2012, that budget doesn't reflect a direction of the economic stability of our communities so that means if it don't the end of 2012 we're going to be talking about the same issues uh, begging and pleading somebody else to give us a job when our first priority is to produce those jobs for ourselves so we are continuous we are, are persistent and even with all the growing pains that a young organization such as black wall street have Um, we are going to stay firm on this year's agenda. Um, So we're looking forward to um, working toward our next summit, which will be Summit 17. And as we do so, uh, tomorrow is going to be the Black Wall Street National Convention in Gary, Indiana. There is some questions on how we're going to build The Black Wall Street of Gary, uh, but we've been on that agenda off and on for uh, over a year and a half now. So tomorrow's going to be the test on how we address those agendas, regardless of if there's two-story trees growing in a building right across from City Hall, uh, that got to be addressed. You know, even to the point of trees growing on a hotel across the street from City Hall, uh, we have to address that uh, because we feel as though if Gary can put a stronghold on the economic direction, whether it comes from corporate, political, or any kind support, just from the people from Gary, it will make a better stand for black economics throughout the city, uh, I'm I'm sorry, throughout the United States. So, yeah, we're still pumping the drum, my dear. We still are uh, moving steadfast. So even with those frustration parts, uh, the work got to be done. You know all about that, don't you?
3: Yes, sir, I do. You listen to Black Wall Street USA? (laughs) <laughs> With host Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago Ron and I have worked together for about a year and a half Going on two now And uh, Ron is an extremely patient person and I'm extremely volatile to one So that makes a good mix So uh, we keep going forward My heart, my heart is in it um, But I am focusing on Chicago's Black Business Network Did you hear, chairman You know he never listens to me Did you hear, chairman, that I'm going forth to a TV show?
4: Yes. Yes, I listen to you.
5: Are you with me? And then
4: and then I guess I'm gonna be seeing you on the screen, huh?
5: <laughs>
4: right. I well look forward well to that. I do hope
3: that you come forward and be one of the hosts of that. I just created another job for me, but it's something I haven't done and I I enjoy doing new things and learning new things. I'm all about learning. And I do these things not because I, I feel like that I'm exceptionally smart. You know, uh, somebody asked this man one day, "Why do you Why did you go and get a PhD?" He said, "Cause I can." That's why I do the things that I do. Cause I can. They're out there for us to do. I do these things to say that you can do them too. That's That's what I say to my mem my members. That's what I say to people. Yeah, I can do that, and you can too. You just You just go do it. You fall, you stumble, you, you trip. <laughs> then you, no, you read correct. something and, and you go back and you go back out there and do it. It's all right. doable uh mm-hmm. if it were if it were not, there would not be that many people with can t v shows. Believe me, if it was that difficult, it can't right. be that difficult <laughs> it cannot be impossible. Mm-hmm. uh you follow the instructions and that type of thing. I do want to ask you a couple of questions. I do know that the uh the city of Chicago is now in budget hearings. Are you sending someone over there to observe that from Black Wall Street, Chicago? Uh, yeah.
4: matter of fact, I'm going to have to even show up my own stuff to make that happen. But that is in process and where those will be uh, confirmed within the next, uh, by December. So that's why we're meeting with Alderman Mitts to put our agenda for black businesses on a front burner as much as possible knowing that the mayor is trying to uh, up the fees, up the taxes, and cut the budget. we still got to get in there. But, again, our mission is that if we we do need the uh, corporation of the city of Chicago to move forward, but we still need to organize our own base of financial stability independent of the city of Chicago the same way as uh, Chinatown Greek town, Korean town, and uh, little village, the Hispanic town here in chicago uh but However, any business organization, any business entity definitely got to work with the city of Chicago to make things more real,
3: given chairman uh the number of churches given chairman the number of non profit organizations given chairman that schools there's always an argument about schools don't have money right. given uh but schools do have money, they have teachers, they have students um, but it's not working.
4: Well, right, it's not working. Let me finish. Let me finish
3: my statement. I'm not going to speak in absolutes. There are exceptions. I I spoke to some young people today. There are exceptions, but the percentage of success is too low. It is just percentage uh, of success is just too low, given. Uh and we're constantly asking give us some money, give us some money, we have a right as taxpayers to mm-hmm. ask that question for the for the right. percentage that we pay as African Americans. Mm-hmm. We have absolutely have that right as the right, right that they have to march down Michigan Avenue uh mm-hmm. with their protests against Wall Street. But the percentage is too low. I mm-hmm. I have the position myself that all the money that has been pumped in where is it, and what happened to it, and what's the result of right. that? All the money going to black churches every <laughs> day and that has been pumped right. in from the pocket, not my pocket because I'm not a church <laughs> person, what has happened to it, and what is the result of it? All the money that's in the schools, don't say it's no money. There is money, right. and there are teachers there every day, and there are students there every day.
4: Mm-hmm. What happens? Well, what happens is definitely is not going to be answered. It's not going to be answered even today. Reports came out that the state of Illinois have a a uh 50% of the students of the state of Illinois only 50% has passing in the 11th grade. Now, some of the reasons why that was uh that that low number exists is because the way that testing it was done and a lot of the perception that um, that that we're looking at is based on how the city of chicago actually do its grade system Uh, there's questions regarding um, testing done in one area is not done in the same area Uh, that 50% of the students of Illinois, um, 50%, only 50% have passing grades, how much is that percentage of that 50% represents the city of Chicago where 70% of the students are black? There is some concern, and even with that concern, uh, when we look at private schools, when we look at charter schools, when those same additional or those same students are, are passing, what is it that the public schools are not being directed as they should be is a concern that I'll put on us controlling the economic stability of our community. And once that is done, I believe that the whole school system would turn, even if it got something to do with taxes, that will level the amount of expenses of a school. Uh, The the, uh, the property tax is a main source, but if we do not have the tax base through business development, then that will not happen uh, to address the education. Given the uh, the mindset of social problems, given the mindset of how schools are evaluated from county to county, uh, a lot of those things take into place. School seems to be an ongoing issue of failure, the same way the social problems that we exist. And I still put the the banner, the wave, the the, the direction to turn it around upon us having an economic base in our community. No other community complain about the education system like the black community. Nowhere in the city of Chicago. We, you know, it does not exist, and it does not exist because they have an economic base, and that economic base also improves the family life. And if the family life got a lot to do with the education values, it got something where the students can see where their parents at. So if we got communities such as Inglewood and Roseland that do not have that base, then we're going to continue to have that rotation of a question regarding the, the school system
3: you listen to Black Wall Street USA, and that was uh, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter. I'm Sonya Cassandra-Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. I call in numbers 347-326-9477. You know, Chairman, every time I ask a question about education, it always comes back to money. Is money really the problem? It always comes back to money. It always comes back to money. In the classroom there's a teacher and there are students. Correct. Somebody's not being taught in that classroom. Something is happening within the school. They're open every day. They're there every day. They have responsibilities that they're, this is my position, that they're not living up to even with no money. If with no money, with $2 in your pocket, you can sit down and teach a child to read. Now, they want to say the classrooms over college This, that, and the other Excuses Every time Every time this question is brought up About what is going on in the black community With the youth With the schools With the students The question of money comes up And people circumvent the question Of what is being taught in these classrooms How does a child who has been in Chicago public school in the Chicago public school system from uh, the beginning, preschool now to twelfth grade, and now know how to read? Is that a money problem, Chairman?
4: That no, that is not a money problem. I still look at there is the system on how resources. Yeah, and there is a money problem. There are schools that have books that are four and five years old in these schools. And when you have a book that's four and five years old in these schools and comparing that to uh, online Internet and teachers are still using those old books, there is a disparity based on money. There is a disparity based on uh, the tax base. The tax base in Hoffman Estates can get the necessary books, can get the necessary equipment, can have uh, a swimming pool, can have arts. The the, the school in Inglewood, because the tax base is low, cannot have that, even to the point that the Illinois State Lottery is supposed to balance that It it still doesn't balance it because the people in Inglewood play the lottery more than the people in Hoffman Estates. But there is a policy and a guideline to make the needs to make education equal. But at the same time, I'm still going back on the same agenda. Once we control the economics of our community, we are going to control the schools. You will have more. Uh, influence. I mean I'd even have to uh say where I used to live in beverly hills uh, my, my children went to uh the school was rated number three in the city of Chicago. Why is the school Sutherland on a hundred and second street uh in, in in Chicago, which it is a middle class neighborhood. Why is that school doing better than the school that's on Forty uh, Eighth in Prairie, in Grand Boulevard? Why is that? It the vision says question. that it's money. You know, it it, it is money, but You're it should not the money be money again. that separates a decent education. You coming back, to
2: the, again. You're coming back uh, to the money Yeah, again. It, we're
4: coming back to the money. But at the same, yeah, we are coming back to the money because the economic and the stability of the parents do enhance a person's education because the parents are not so frustrated on 48th and Prairie with how is the rent going to get paid. They're not frustrated because the the, the children are able to get the necessary um funds to do the extracurriculum activities. The, yes, money is let's, running let's our this, education let's, system.
3: Let's come back to this, Chairman, because every time I talk about education, same same conversation. Come back to the classroom. Come back to the classroom where the responsibility to teach is. I don't care if the books are five years old. I don't really care. A math Book.
0: Math, I mean, if the book is math,
3: five years old. Math, math is math.
4: The math no, is math. No, math is not math.
3: It is.
4: If you're, if if you're five teaching.
3: Five-year-old fifth-grade math book, you can't teach people math out of that? Is that what you saying? They can't learn math out of a five-year-old math
4: book? They master? are not they up can't. to, but they're not up into comparison. You can learn math. But when you learn math in a five year old book and when you have another school is learning math with computers on, on their desk the the results would not be the same. So I'm you can learn math but you're same. not learning math in parity to other schools that have computers and and, and also don't have the frustration of going to school with an empty stomach, so yes, it is going back to money.
3: math is math
4: one Not plus math one is good if, if you book. write
3: it on a piece if you write it in the dirt in the ground, one plus one is two. If you write it on these windows that I'm looking out here out here on thirty fifth street one plus one is two in the classroom if you write it on a chalkboard. 20 plus 20 equals 40. No book can change that. So, But
4: it's the level of how you get to from. the results. You cannot get to. From. Yeah, but you still got to get to 1 plus 1. If you go and learn 1 plus 1 or 100 times, uh, 5,056 and $83 times, uh 250 if it takes you longer to solve the problem you are missing out on certain education so the speed of learning have a lot to do with the results of the test i can learn how to multiply you can learn how to multiply but if i'm not learning how to multiply at the pace that you're learning, when we take the test, I'm going to take this test at a slower rate than you. And if I take this test at a slower rate, I am prone to fail the test. I can get to the answer, but I cannot get to the answer as as, as speedy as you because you have additional resources to help you answer that simple one plus one equals two faster than I do, and in that case, you will walk out that, uh out of that room um taking that test and going about some other tests while I'm still working on at a slower rate. I'm going to get to the answer, but I'm getting to the answer slower than you because the book that I have is slower. The book that I have is five years slower. The teachers that I have are not as equipped as teachers in other schools. You're, ah. you're not learning as faster, ah. And a lot of that got to do with money. You threw money. something
3: else in there, didn't you? You threw something else in there.
4: What was ah. that? What I threw We're in back
3: this? in the classroom. Teachers are not as, as competent in the inner city schools as the suburban schools and the school that your child went to if
4: they don't I'll have, do have the necessary resources uh-huh. oh, not. you don't
3: want to say that do you? uh you don't want to say no, that I, no i know i don't uh, want
4: to say that I, because i can't not, say that because i do not be in the classrooms to say that i do know that the schools and the teachers in the in the uh in the city are do not have as much as equipment and resources <laughs> To
2: teach uh-huh. at a
4: faster level, so that does make them incompetent if they do not have the necessary it 's almost just like Black Wall Street. We got all the resources and all the know how to do the same thing that the city of Chicago do as far as developing these communities. We can do the same thing that list but LISTS have a budget of maybe about $11 million a year. And if we have a budget of maybe about uh, uh, $20,000 a year, we can do the same thing that LISTS does, but we're going to do it at a slower level. And as we do it at a slower level, if we take a test on economic development with all the resources that LISTS have and they have a staff of maybe about 100 people, and if we have a staff of about 300 with the same mission for our people as they do their people, they're going to pass the test faster than we are because they have the financial resources to prepare to submit a proper proposal to get funding. They're going to have the proper proposal with the resources of uh, an accountant, of a lawyer, of, of a consultant, of a consultant on the consultant, opposed to us, they have the smaller budget where we have to develop all those resources on our own. So they're going to be moving faster. And that's the same situation with I put on when it comes to education. If you don't have the equal parity resources, you're not going to get the same results, and therefore the test results are going to be lower. And then the test results are lower. The frustration comes in on the students, just like the frustration comes in on the organizers that's got to do this momentum job under the frustrations of <laughs> big shoes with little feet. I mean, I'm sorry, with big yeah big feet with little shoes. You're walking bow-legged. You're walking funny because your feet <laughs> hurt, but you're still trying to get to the same position where the people yeah. with the nice size shoes on the right foot, they walking and striving while you mm-hmm. walking wobbling because your feet hurt and your big feet in these little bitty size-size shoes when you you got a size 14 foot, but you still got to use those shoes that really is not comfortable
3: To do the job I think I
4: made
3: my point Uh, I'm getting ready to come back at you You (laughs) listen to Black Wall Street USA And that's Ron Carter I'm Sonya Cassandra Perdue His co-host for this show And uh, yeah I'm coming back at you Chairman This is where I am I have been in Chicago Oh, come on. I have been in Chicago Public Schools. I don't have, I'm don't i not an educator. My degree is not in education, but, you know, you can go in there and sub with a, a bachelor's degree. And some people don't know that. And if you're listening, uh, Chicago Public Schools does not require a degree in education. You can teach at Chicago Public Schools with a bachelor's degree. And the charter schools, as far as I know, are hiring, and uh, it just requires a bachelor's degree. And that may be part of the problem, Chairman, because as not being an educator, and I have – a lot of respect, and don't think that I don't for trained educators. I've seen them work, and they—some of them—wow, uh, they work some top things. I learned how to read and Not uh, to math, and I learn how, so I say, and I learned how to do math too. But my experience in the uh, Chicago public schools has been this. It's been a long time since I've been in Chicago public schools. My experience was this: as a sub, a subbing there for a little short while, that the administration was a problem. That was a problem. They, the administrators yeah. that were over those particular schools, seemed to be excellent educators. The administrators over those schools, the principal and the vice principal, I watched them in the classroom. They seemed to be exceptional educators. They were very poor administrators. Mm
2: -hmm. I
3: watched uh, because I was uh, the last. When I left, I said I wasn't coming back because i do that in a minute. Uh, When I left, I was subbing in an eighth-grade class, and I did that for six months. And that particular eighth-grade class, they were out of control. They were out of control, Um, totally out of control. Mm -hmm.
0: So the majority
3: of the time with myself in that classroom was discipline in the beginning. They had mm-hmm. to get to know me. I had to get to know them. It was discipline. I saw mm-hmm. teachers. There, was, there were three eighth-grade classes and three seventh-grade classes in that particular section of the school. Uh, there was, out of those six classes, there was one who was the top. She was no nonsense. They were learning. They were doing it. And they may have been the smartest eighth-grade class, however you want to do it. Uh, the other ones came after that in how the teachers handled the class and handled the students and how they performed their programs during the day. The school was such that the students could not even change <laughs> classes. The teachers had to change classes because once they get in the hallway, there was a lack of control in the hallway. Mm-hmm. That's a lack of administration. Mm-hmm. When I first went there, I wondered, because you know I'm a pretty aggressive. Well, I'm very aggressive. <laughs> I wondered, and I changed that as to when the bell rings, why are all these people still in the hallway? They didn't move. And this was going on before I got there, because I just got there. Why are these people hanging in the hallway? I mean, the bell just rung. Why are these people in the hallway? And uh, after I got there a little while, that ended, because I couldn't understand that point. Why are these people late every day? I couldn't understand that point at all. Understand? So it was a lack of, although I didn't have a a background in education, it was a lack of what was going on in your room. There was a police officer who subbed in one of the seventh grade classrooms. I heard all this noise one day, walked down, and they knew he was a police officer. Walked down there, all hell was breaking loose down there. I walked in there and looked at them. I had to straighten that out for him. I looked at him. I thought he was a fool. (laughs) What is going on in this classroom? He could not control this classroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh so there was a discipline problem. I had to get to know them. They had to get to know me. I had to be tough about it. I had to be no nonsense about it. I and uh people don't like the way I do things sometimes, but I had to let them know who was the boss. Who's running this classroom? I am running this classroom, no one else. So we had to get to that point. Once we got to that understanding, I ca- they could be calm. There, there was a lot of agitation educa- between them, a lot of hostility between them, a lot of things. Because eighth grade, you almost have grown. You got little people, and I'm short, so this, I'm going. You know, it was going on, uh, but we came to a point of understanding that I have pretty much no nonsense, and there will be no nonsense. Not the greatest educator, we need to. Read on schedule, is an hour to read, there's an hour to do this, there's an hour to do that, and that's what we will do here. Now, in doing that and watching what was going on around me, uh, and not only in those classrooms, in other hallways if I were to walk through them, there were people in the hallways that should not be in there, Where, and there was security in the hallways, and I couldn't understand what was going on. That's a less lack of administration. That's well, a lack of control and management. And you can me. say money all you want to, but if you're not controlling the money that you get, you can. And I'm gonna say something else. Now I ain't finished. I'm gonna say something else. Now last week, and I don't even look at the news and stuff a lot. Now, Rom, I don't read all of that, but I understand he wanna make this cut, that cut. Got the uh, teacher union going through this, that, all this going on. I heard on uh, I think it was WBBM News that the state owes the Chicago Public School twenty million dollars that they have not released to Chicago Public Schools. Are they not releasing this money to instigate failure and not get those new books, not get those programs, not do those type of things? Where is that $20 million? I don't know all the, the background of why they haven't released it, but that was on the news this week. So if the Chicago Public Schools and the mayor want to reduce the funds for the Chicago Public Schools, where is that $20 million? When you talk about money, and I'm going to say this to you. I was walking down, and I'm going to be finished, Chairman, I was walking down the street today, and all the look I kept seeing as I come can't got off 35th street, street L. Yeah, people, I'm walking, 35th Street L. All these young people were coming on with coming in with these blue uniforms. They were getting out of school, and uh, I went to Robert S. Abbott, and I did not know it was now Air Force Academy. He said, and I stopped one young man. I said, Oh, you look so nice in this uniform. Oh, you just look. You guys look really great out here today. You look, you know, with your colors on. And stood there and talked to them, and so he informed me that that school I uh, asked him what the school was, and he said at uh thirty six in Wells, which used to be my elementary school, where I did learn one plus one is two, and uh three plus three is six. I did learn those things. I had very good teachers they were they were very good teachers, but maybe it was a different time. I don't know, but I don't think that's an excuse, but anyway, taught me how to read and write pretty good, pretty good, chairman but and he was, you know, he talked about the school and that type of thing. It's uh, 9th, 10th, 11th grade, and next year he will be the first senior graduating class. And I talked, you know, what you want to do and that kind of thing. And the old folks always ask young people. He didn't know he was cons- if he was considering the Air Force or not, that it was a technical school and that type of thing. Uh, it's not a charter school. I think it's under the, under the city of Chicago. And that type of thing uh, Very respectful We stood there we and talk, we talked a long time Now I attended Lynn Bloom Technical High School uh, Back in the 70s I graduated from there Which was a technical high school and I, and I, it's not that I don't understand What you mean about money Because I do understand what you mean about money I, uh, my mother didn't raise me I went to Denver like when I I will go back and forth to Denver I went to Denver like when I was 15 years old And I went to my sisters and brother, they all young. I'm an oldest. They're junior high school in Denver. They're junior high school in Denver. And I was upset for the rest of my years at Bloom because you do see the disparity. They had a track. They had a football field. They had a track. They had a gymnastics room. They had so many different resources. I was angry. I was very angry Uh, Not that maybe I was going to run track, but I was angry not to have those same resources. And when I went to high school, went to Lindblom, Lindblom was rated number one high school in Chicago. Not to have those resources, not to have those opportunities, and and that is a failure, and it is a continuous failure. And so I understand the money issue, and they have not since 70s. There is still that disparity. There is still that disparity in Chicago Public Schools. So I understand what you mean about money, but my position is what is going on in the school on a day-to-day basis and the disparity of teaching, and what is going on in the classroom, that is a failure right there that money cannot fix. It it can't fix that.
4: Well, as you went through your experiences going to school my experience was taking the bus here in Chicago from downtown to my public housing projects and as I go downtown and on the bus passing 31st uh, Street to 35th Street what i seen was Caucasians going to IIT and this is at ten years old and I did not see no blacks going to that university. As I went to the Museum of Science and Industry here in Chicago, right in the neighborhood of the University of Chicago I've seen none blacks going to that school, to that university. And as I go to the Circle Campus and I look at DePaul University and I look at all those universities as I was a child growing up, I knew at 10, 12, 14 years old, I was not going to go to those universities. I did I knew I wasn't going to go be, because I didn't see people like me in those universities. And with that in mind, I had a mindset that I was not going to go to college. Now, it just so happens I went to the, one of the best schools in the United States, and that was the University of uh of Los Angeles but i knew that i wasn't going to go to the universities here in chicago today what uh uh 40 years later the same thing apply when the 10 year old kid take the bus down state street go to the museum of uh, natural museum of science and industry those universities do not reflect the community in which they sit, they reflect other people. Speaking on my own terms, I knew that that schools was not going to allow me today, as we do and have went to college, and we have got more. They get doctor degrees and, and professionals, and we have reached some mountaintops but not the mountaintops the same thing exists today the perception of money is not allowing these black children to go to these higher universities the marketing of these higher universities do not market the community if the marketing of education which got a lot to do with money where the schools determine they're not going to waste their marketing money for enrollment to the parents that cannot afford to get in that higher education. In return, the youth do not see the same image of their future as their counterpart youth of other nationalities to enroll in higher education. So subconsciously, this higher education is not for them. It has a bearing on the limitations of growth because they do not see the reflection of themselves in these higher education. The same way they do not see themselves in running the economics of their community. Once the youth see examples of the potential thug going to i i t in the University of Chicago, that will have a lot of bearing on their attitude in the classrooms and it just so happens that it has a bearing of economics not only just from their parents' lack of maybe to afford to get them in there, but the message from the universities are saying, not only because of the students that are enrolled, but because the marketing strategy of these schools are not geared toward the parents to prepare their youth that this is where you're going to go. So the, the psychological economics on education has a lot to do with the attitude of the children. Why get in so involved in education when I do not see around me the same opportunity of these other folks? It's not for me. Yes, okay. it is up to the parents to drill into them that, yes, you can make it. But if the cultural... Of the community says, if the culture of the city says, if the culture of the higher education says, this is not for you, based on how they market their education, it has a message in the children that that is not for them. The message yes, in the chairman. children is, you cannot own business in your community because the people that runs the the businesses in their community are the children that went to IIT and the University of Chicago, and they however they get the money to go to these universities. However, even to the point when I was went to school and I asked a a Korean. And I asked them the question, why are y'all so good in math? And they said that it's not that we're so good in math. It is what our government has instilled in our heads that we are good in math. We was programmed through our government to be good in math, and so we didn't have nothing to do to go along with it. I'm going to interject
3: something here, Chairman. Yes. And then uh, Mr. Ann Phillips is on the line with us, and I know that she has to go back to a meeting. I'm going to take a short commercial break here. But, yes, I do understand what you're – and this is going to be the final word, and we're going to come back to this again. Oh, yes, we are. This is going (laughs) to be the final word. Yes, I do understand about uh, the marketing to uh, the inner city schools and the inner city communities uh, from universities. University, yes, that's about money. But I'm going to also add to this, I'm coming back to the schools and the school's responsibility. In my response, in my experience, I don't see that information coming out of the schools. They're there every day, and I don't see that information being shared with those students every day. And for them to be motivated with that information, they are not themselves, as educators, distributing. That information and that hope to those students and Do you counseling realize that them these and counseling them in the same manner in the same manner that another school is. But we're
4: gonna come back to that. The counseling others youth, if there was a one time, I don't know, and I'm just watching my son. That half of the youth under seventeen, maybe about three. Three years ago, I don't know where their heads no are now, no half of them wanted to be a rap star when they get out of school. They cannot wait to get out of school so they, half of the youth,
2: yeah, half of in them
4: the interviewed. Now, and that be is because, well, you're supposed to that, be
3: doing counter brainwashing if they're not telling them other alternatives and doing it, which they yeah. are not which they are not doing. And so,
4: the te- and so the teachers, the teachers have to fight the lack of the education that they're getting outside of the schools. That is what the teachers, and then I'm going to put it on you. As we had 60 youth working for Black Wall Street this, uh, this past summer, It was almost the worst experience that I had, almost. don't
3: want to do that.
4: And the reason why it was almost the worst, because we had not to fight with the mindset of the youth. We had to fight with the mindset that they were getting before they came to our office. That's what we was dealing with. And we to You deal
0: can
3: deal with you can them. put it on that if you want to chair, but I'm gonna go to break. I'ma say it <laughs> once again. It's the adults. It's administration, it's... and it's the adults. And I'm going to a break, chairman. You don't want to do this. Thank you for listening to Black Wall Street USA. We and the it's chairman into month. it tonight. We into it tonight. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's about administration. I'm sorry, Cassandra, Purdue. That's Ron. That's Ron over there. We'll be back. Our first guest is on the line. Thank you, Miss Phillips. And we'll be right back in a moment.
6: the 2011 Black Wall Street USA National Convention and have a chance to win a seven-day Caribbean cruise, including airfare and accommodations. Trip arranged by atravelmoment.com. Representatives from 27 Black Wall Street districts from around the nation will convene on Gary, Indiana from October 21st to the 23rd at the Genesis Convention Center. This year's theme is Make Me a World. To have a chance to win this seven-day Caribbean cruise, you must register online at blackwallstreetdistrict.com. That's blackwallstreetdistrict.com.
0: Tired, stressed out, or just need me or we time? Then Phoenix Rising, Baltimore's exclusive bed and breakfast, is the place for you. Phoenix Rising offers an unforgettable rejuvenating experience with exquisite guest rooms. Find peace and calm in the Sedona room or Haitian room, or relax in front of a marble fireplace in the Serengeti room. Call 410-462-2692 today to schedule your escape to Phoenix Rising. Visit us online at phoenixrising.com. La Divas of Chicago Catering at www.ledivas.com is offering a 40% discount on their delicious and delectable dishes for events of 100 persons or more until December thirty first, 2011. This offer cannot be used with any other offer. Call them now at 773-536-5432. That's 773-536-5432. You know, I've learned a lot in business. There are some things that you just have to have if you want to be successful. A great-looking website, some stunning business cards, and a catchy design. You never get a second chance to make that first impression. Why not let TCC Printing make that first impression for you? At TCC Printing, we've got you covered. We guarantee your best impression. Let us start working on your success today. Give us a call at 312 312- Two one seven zero six five two, or visit us on the web at PrintPowerSolutions.com
3: You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network All Black, All News, All You Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Ron Carter Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago I'm Sonia Cassandra-Purdue Founder of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com We have 800 plus members now Come on over, join us today and touch the world. Our caller number is 347 326 9477. 347 326 9477. The chat room is open. Chairman, United in the chat room. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect and get to know you. We're you listening to a friend as we open up from this break, CBBN member Sylvia Frederick. And we want to thank our sponsors. Call 312-239-8835, 312-239-8835 to be a sponsor of Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. If you are interested in submitting your original music, simply contact us. Uh, by email or by telephone, and we will be happy to listen to your original music, spoken poetry. At the next break, we're going to have some spoken poetry, so stay with us. You may also listen to a rebroadcast of this show on www.wjpcchicago.com, Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. to 11. That's www.wjpcchicago.com. As a matter of fact, you can listen to all of Chicago's Black Business Radio Network shows right here in our archives. Chairman, welcome back to the show. And we're going to um, introduce our, our our guest for this evening, Miss Diane Phillips. I cannot even – me and Miss Phillips had a great conversation. I'm calling her once a month just so we can Yahoo together. Very good. I cannot good. even begin – to list her credentials, I'm gonna let her tell who she is, but I wanna, I wanna, I'm gonna let you introduce her. But uh, I'm gonna print out her resume. She sent it to me before one of the summits that she came to, because I'm creating a personal profile to send out for myself. Uh, not gonna copy it, Miss Phillips, but I'm gonna take it as a guideline for uh, you know growing and expanding myself. So, uh, Mr. Carter why don't you introduce Miss Diane Phillips to our listeners?
4: Well, it's definitely my pleasure. Um Miss Phillips is one of those standfast individuals that I believe that uh, I have seen her uh coming and going uh but I did not get a chance to meet the the the, the high standard and committed person that she is until I and her was running for um alderman uh Just this past uh February, and upon meeting her and talking with the uh the background that she has in education and 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 then the guts of her to run in a ward that was predominantly and i don't know maybe she can clarify this when she get on that had a whole perspective a different perspective of where she may be coming from, or was it just plain uh, that they accept her agenda uh, or maybe she didn't have no money to win, or was it a rejection of her skin? Uh, but the the message that she brought to us to Black Wall Street uh to uh to accept our agenda and to help to promote it and as she stands fast in promoting her her dear friend our uh first person that passed a proclamation for black wall street our uh Cook County uh clerk uh Dorothy Brown. So Miss how are you doing?
5: I'm fine. Can
4: you hear me okay? I'm on a, a piece of little cell phone. Yes, I got got oh, okay. you loud and clear. Okay. Welcome to the All show right. and being a part. Thank I you. hope that my little uh insight of the pros and cons of your work and and question your your drive of, among odds was a fair assessment or was it off base?
5: You were right on point, uh, Chairman. First, I'd like to say thank you a thousand times. Thank you for inviting me to speak tonight. Um, I, I do want to share a lot of exciting things that are happening in the world of being black uh, that transcends all all situations, all colors, all ethnicities. Um, the bottom line here is most of us are in the 99 percent, and that's my mantra today. My goal is getting that one percent, and the way I'm, I'm trying to do it is multifaceted. Uh, one thing that I'm doing doing as we speak, uh, because I've got to do I do have to get back at this, to this meeting, is that um, our president and CEO, Mr. Jay Nolan, um, he is an African American man from the South. And if
2: you know anything
5: about people from the South, they're not like us here in Chicago. They are certainly, they real. And he is right here today in Chicago promoting Serenity Global, which is a healthy coffee company. And it's not just coffee, although coffee is probably the, uh, the most consumable good on the market. You know, people drink more coffee than anything else. You know, they go to Starbucks and spend $3 for uh, a cup of coffee when they can buy from a black organization. He is the CEO. Um, and he is real. One thing that drove me, drove me to tears is when he came out with his video uh, this this early this fall where he showed that his main purpose of making money is not just to be in the 1%, although that's good. His purpose is to be able to give back. And with that, to that end, what he has in place is a program where he financially supports orphans, black orphans, on the continent of Africa. Um, he right now supports 200 orphans. So every time a person buys a cup of the Serenity Global Coffee, that money goes to support orphans. And I think that is a noble, a noble alternative here. Um, and his goal is to have an orphanage, a Serenity Global orphanage, in every on every continent in the world. I was in tears. I was literally in tears when he said that. Um, the reason why is because for 35 years of my life, uh, I worked at the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services and the Illinois Department of Human Services. So I tell people I, I I was not a file clerk at DCFS. I was one of the movers and shakers. And to see poverty take over entire generations is something that I saw long and hard until I retired in 2007. Now I'm on another trip, and that is to get everybody free. But they can't get free until they become entrepreneurs for readers. And tonight what I want people to do is stop what you're doing and make it over to the Doubletree Hilton in Alsa, 5,000 West 127th Street, to just shake Mr. Nolan's hand and say thank you, thank you, for giving us an opportunity to be, to be free. Because freedom costs. And the way you get free is that you become an entrepreneur. Through Serenity Global, people can actually become millionaires, and he makes millionaires every day. And because we are on fire here in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area, he has come back to Chicago twice in the last two months, and that's unusual for any CEO to do anything. You never see the big CEOs here that are, you know, Bay State in California come up to Chicago. But he knows that we have a lot of energy here. Uh, I work on a phenomenal team headed by Dr. Stacey Hardeman, and our team is called the Seven Figure Network Incorporated. <clears throat> and what's different about us is that we are, we are honest people, we have integrity, and I know how to train people to be entrepreneurs. I tell mm-hmm. my husband every day, I am Harriet Tubman. Either you're going to be free or I'm going to shoot you because there's no excuse for being sick and tired of being sick and tired. There's no excuse for these black boys, 67% to drop out at eighth grade. There's absolutely no excuse for folks to be shooting and killing each other in Roseland, in Inglewood, and even right down the street from me. And I live in Beverly, which is supposedly a high-income upper-middle-class community, They're shooting in that area. That is not how we do it. We've got to take charge of our young people and get them into programs like the Seven-Figure Network so we can teach them how to be free. And the mm-hmm. only way you can be free is to be an entrepreneur. You cannot just have a job because a job is nothing but just over broke. you got to own something. And you can start off by becoming a Serenity Global mm-hmm. distributor under the seven-figure network. So whoever's listening, if you are five miles away from Chicago or 5,000 miles away from Chicago, I want you to make it to the Double Doubletree Hilton tonight. And you just tell Dr. Stacey Hardeman and go straight up to Mr. J. Nolan and tell him, Diane Phillips, this is Diane Phillips sent you because you want to be free.
2: And that's Mm -hmm. that's
5: my word for today. I'm not trying to talk all night. I really want to hear from people because we are all in that 99%. We can't stand to have that happen. What happened to me when I ran for election uh, for alderman in the 19th Ward, it was a phenomenal experience. People really were not mean to me. And they didn't really know how to take me. My
2: Mm -hmm. issue is,
5: I've lived on the South Side my entire life. I grew up uh, right there on 61st or 60th and King Drive when I was a little bitty girl. I went to Sexton uh, Elementary School. But my dad was one of the first black people to own property here in Chicago. And in 1960, he had his house built for all of us. His, his wife, my mom, and all four of us children, and Auntie Donna, my my auntie, who was about 10 years older than me. But he had a house built for us, and we all stayed there. And when I got married to my husband in 1972, uh, we lived on the north side for about 5, 10 years, and then we moved out to the 19th Ward. And the reason why I moved to the 19th Ward is because when I was a little girl, We were told we couldn't go on the other side of Holston. And I'm like, why you can't go on the other side of Holston? That don't make any sense. I should be able to go anywhere I want to go. So when we decided to buy a house, I told my husband, I said, I want to move in the 19th War. I want to move to Beverly Morgan Park because I was told that we couldn't move there. And I don't know why anybody would tell anybody not to live wherever they want to live. But it was real out here. So for 30 years, we have been in the 19th Ward, and that is why I ran for alderman in the 19th Ward. Chandra Guy had retired. Uh, She was not going to run again, and it was a wide-open race in my mind. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm looking at the statistics. The problem that I had that I didn't see it as a problem, because I don't see problems. I see situations that I can look at, analyze, and figure out how I'm going to get over it. The major situation that we were dealing with was money. People who ran in the race, and it was six of us, spent upwards of three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars for an alderman race. I spent exactly five hundred dollars because that's all I had. I said to myself and my husband, I said, Guess what? I can win this if I believe in myself. Money should not be a deterrent or anything to get mm-hmm. your name out and get people to hear what you are saying, and that's exactly what I did, so I consider it a victory at the end of the day. I received two percent of the vote with five hundred dollars that I spent, where everybody else spent upwards of a hundred two three four hundred thousand dollars. I think I did pretty good now this mm-hmm. year, we're in election season again. And what I decided to do today, although I haven't convinced my husband of this yet, because he had a heart attack in the middle of the whole thing, and that really put a damper on it, you know. Sometimes people are not very nice. Uh, He did not want me to be walking around in Mount Greenwood uh, trying to get people to uh, sign affidavits that they had signed my nominated petition. He was afraid for my life, and he couldn't do anything because he was sick. And so it was very, very hard. But today I decided, since Matt O'Shea, who is the alderman, um, he's also the ward committeeman. My thing is, if you're going to effectuate change, you've got to step up and take it over. Power, so well, how do
4: you see nothing. us now in Chicago? I'm I mean...
5: for, I'm running for committeeman. I decided I'm going to run for committeeman. Either I will oh. be a Democrat or a Republican. Whoever's going to give me the money to fight Matt because he is disingenuous. He is not really operating in the best interest of all of the residents. He takes care of the good old boys. He doesn't take care of everybody. And that is not what I consider democracy. That's more like communism. And I'm sick of that. And I have to do something about it. Well, how do you see
4: this? How do you see... This relates to the economic, uh, or is there an economic d- development agenda related to politics overall? I mean, Everything the, is- I mean, if you look at the Chinatown and mm-hmm. Chinatown uh, here in Chicago, do not have not one elected official, but they mm-hmm. are definitely stronghold. Don't oh, you yeah. don't hear issues that you don't hear issues coming into the uh um in the uh, into the uh, Chinatown as it relates to the um uh, crime as it relates to business problems, you don't hear all of those things, so right. what is the difference between Chinatown and say a black wall Street district?
5: I think one thing and I do do business in chinatown i I have a business partner. Um, that I met a couple of years ago through uh, Clark Dorothy Brown's organization, the FODB. And we are great friends um, and business partners. And she's helped me get some business, not a lot, but some business in Chinatown. But more importantly, I think I've learned a lot, and they've learned a lot about me as a black person. Uh, one of the things that I've found, because uh, I've had a couple of cases in Chinatown, was that they totally do not trust black people? I I, I kid you not. Um, I just two weeks ago I had manner,
4: to. And what matter? what Or why would you us. say they that?
5: They don't trust us. They don't trust us. Trust they believe us in the what hype. way? Uh,
4: they think they're uh, going to take their purse, or they think that uh, we're going to cheat them, or they think that we are going to uh, put them back on a railroad trains. Well, uh, how do you mean trust?
5: Right. All of the above. In their culture, they have a very, very tight culture, the Asian culture is. Um, they don't allow anyone who doesn't look like them into their clique. If you notice, you don't have any black people that work in any of the Chinese restaurants or businesses in Chinatown, not one. I've been down there many times. I don't even see uh, black people working. Occasionally you can see a white person working down there, but you don't ever see a black person working down there,
6: and I asked
5: them, I asked some of the business owners why that is, and they said that the black people are not trustworthy, and I said, explain to me what you mean by that. Well, they don't come to work on time, and when they come, they try to steal everything, and, um, you know, I don't like them around me. Besides, I got to take care of my people first, and mm-hmm. when I kept hearing that, I, I, I decided to do a a qualitative research project to ascertain why that is. And so then would you say that
4: the, the, the economic development of black people is the the, the culture of lack of trust is right. what we don't have that other people do have or Absolutely. Are, Okay, so uh Absolutely. do you think it, that the lack of trust is what's going to keep us in this uh, position of always, I guess, in a way, fighting each other opposed absolutely. to fighting the source of our problem.
5: You're absolutely
4: right. It is true.
5: You are on point with that. The trust issue is major in within our community. Um, as a black woman, I encounter um, – problems, if you will, dealing with black business people every single day, dealing with black ministers all the time. Um, They don't trust that black women know anything. I hold five degrees, including a law degree, and right now I'm working on my doctorate in business administration. Now, one thing for sure is I can read. Uh, On top of that, I can discern right and wrong. And I think that is probably the most important virtue that anyone can have. And when people think that I'm just some nappy-headed so-and-so, they have to really pause and figure out where they're getting that from because it's not me. I know what I know. I do what I do. And I do it because I love my people. Why is it that the Asian culture is so close and we are so fragmented and we operate like crabs in a barrel. Why is it? At what time are we going to step up and understand that it's all about economics? It's all about making that dollar and keeping that dollar. So, in how the do you think that community. we can
4: uh, mature to that particular uh, uh, stage in order to address our inner problems? I mean, even to the point that earlier today, Sonia and I was debating over uh, education, and that right. and, and even as her and I debated on, on education, I was saying that the root was um, was, was money, and she was somewhat debating uh, to the point of the culture. Uh, uh, right. uh, and, and I think that it's almost like what you're saying to a degree is the culture of trust, and that if trust is not within the, the the students to be able to advance, we're going to continue to be in this rotation of uh, disparity regarding the economics. You're if absolutely right. Uh, well, I guess uh, all right, Sonia. I'm gonna get back to you on that. She kind of somewhat agreeing with you, uh, but uh, we're gonna see. Okay. But it's it's it's
5: um it's. And the thing is, I I see, you know, sometimes when you are visionary, you see things that other people don't see. When you were talking earlier, for example, of your experience growing up here in Chicago, where you got the impression that black people just didn't go to the University of Chicago or to an IIT or to uh, University of Illinois or DePaul or anything like that, that. Those options just were not open to you as a young person. And I, I I feel you. I really, really feel you because I, too, grew up here in Chicago. Um, and with that in mind, however, because I'm an extremely aggressive black woman, and I say that underscore because some people don't understand that as an entrepreneur, you get nothing by sitting by waiting for somebody to give you something. You got to get out there and take it. You really have to. And when I was young, you know, I went to, as soon as I graduated high school, I went to college. I'm the first-generation college graduate in my family. And when I went to college, I found out that there are many, many other people like that. But when you step up to the plate and you go to these universities and you tell them, this is my dream, and I need you to make my dream a reality. I need you to give me a scholarship so I don't have to worry about getting on the bus to come down here. I need you okay, to connect with you, A, you get Okay, so
4: when you get to be committeeman of the 19th Ward. That's um, what I'm shooting for. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you was running for alderman, I raised a question to you. Right. I, and I questioned you. I said, now how in the heck you going to be for Black Wall Street in a, mm-hmm. in a, a well structured communities such as Beverly Hills here in Chicago when uh, they just got through chasing a lot of black uh, uh, hairstylists off 95th Street. And here you right. are coming in, going to be talking about this Black Wall Street and what's the reality of Black Wall Street in the 19th Ward, looking at 95th Street, looking at Western, which are the two right. major uh, streets there, Right. So wh- what can you do, or is your job just going to basically be politics?
5: Well, first of all, my reason for for becoming or at least seeking the office of committeeman is to be able to have a seat at the table. Uh, I have a loud, boisterous voice, and when I talk, people do listen. And I think sometimes that is what you need is someone to listen because people are not communicating. During the Daly years, and he's not a bad person, he did what people paid him to do. And he sat there and he ruled the city council as if they were little bitty puppets. Strong aldermen like Alderman Brookings had no chance in fighting with Mayor Daly. Now that Mayor Rahm Emanuel is at the helm, at least strong aldermen like Howard Brookings has a voice. That's, it's, everything has changed. You see what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. as ward committeemen, again, policy succeeds to nothing without a demand. I demand a seat at the table. I don't have a pumpkin chicken. I have the mm-hmm. academic credentials that are at the level of higher than the mayor. Why can't I be the ward committeeman? Mm-hmm. And so I will do it. And people will support that, because what I learned in the nineteenth War again we raised you know we raised twelve boys in addition to our biological one girl we had one girl
4: you and raised she 12, went in boys? twelve
5: boys twelve boys nephew. people
4: you. don't do that nowadays.
5: we did it my husband, and I've we been married almost forty years. we did it, you know people are are have problems, so my husband, as a retired Chicago police officer. An honorable police officer. He loved to help people. He was not a mean police officer. We were talking about that on our way today. He wasn't. I don't know all the people that he had to arrest and all of that. I don't. He never gives me those details at all. But I know from when people would come to me and tell me that my husband was always courteous to people. He would help people problem solve. He was not trying to get people in a worse situation than they were. Now, a person like that in the community, because he worked right out here in the uh, Roseland community for years, for 10 years, he was a foot uh, patrol officer. So he curbed a lot of crime in the community. People come up to me now and tell me how great Paul was uh, in the community to try to Mm -hmm. curb some of this crime. So, but whenever we had a child, a relative or a friend or family or whatever who needed a place to stay, they would come and live with us. We weren't rich. Again, we're part of the 99%. But whatever we had, we shared with other children. You know, we have a basic three three bedroom house with a couple rooms mm-hmm. in the base house was built literally for one of our nephews who ended up, and we did. West Eye Cousins and ended up in prison, Uh, when he came back, my husband had built a bedroom for him so that this child could feel that we have always been here for him, because he got confused while he was, you know, rolling with those West Eye Boys, as as I call it, because they really messed him up. But the bottom line is, he learned the lesson, and he now, you know, lives back with us. And he's been with us now
4: for the last two years. Well, let me ask you this here. Given the politics of Chicago, Mm -hmm. what do you feel is the one stand that the black community needs to stand fast on to address the economics when it comes to government right now? What is a particular issue? Uh, mm-hmm. That we, well, maybe it's one, two, three, in whichever order, do you mm-hmm. think that we need to address the political uh, power to be under the mayor in order to move to those, um, neither that financial parity or that cultural parity within us uh, to be able to? Move forward
5: The first thing that black people In every single black ward Needs to do Is to register to vote And then on March 12th Exercise that right and vote uh, That was a huge Embarrassment It was a huge embarrassment the last election but What's the second? When, uh, pardon me?
4: What's the second? The first is to register to vote What's the second thing register you need to do people have To address to
5: register to vote. At the first thing is to register to vote because people okay. are not registered to vote, and then they have to get out and vote. The next thing that they have to do is to become entrepreneurs. Even if they have a job, you know, they may work for the county, they may work for the city, they may work for the state, they may work for CTA or whatever, Metro, whatever they work for, or they may even be lucky to even work at the Port Plan or whatever. They still need to be an entrepreneur to. Be able to acquire residual income as they're trying to get ready to retire, if that's what their goal is, or if they're trying to help their young people go back to school, go to college. Okay. What's the third thing? thing? The third thing is that we have to be able to build relationships on trust. Enough of this.
4: But what I that don't got like to do you with uh um, okay now I want to build the trust to become entrepreneurs and to uh-huh. register the vote in addressing the economics. Right. I'm asking you economics right, regarding foundation. uh government because you're running as a public official now right. in addressing uh-huh. those three priorities um mm-hmm. as it relates to politics you and you may know that the city of Chicago received uh, $25 million to assist 10,000 b- uh, businesses in Chicago. Right. Uh, you mm-hmm. made with this special grant.
5: Right. I, I okay. Have, I was so about that how today.
4: do we entertain the use of politics to make sure that 10,000 potential businesses or that $25 million are in line with the parity of the population of the city of Chicago for entrepreneurship?
5: Right. You've got to get in, you have to get a seat at the table. That's the only way you could do it. Um, I mean, I, I kid you not. I, I was very well aware of that money that came down from the federal government, very, very well. And what I did, I'm going to tell you what I did and why I make my decisions on what I do. I wrote to Matt O'Shea on email. And I said, I need you to assist me in getting one of these contracts with the city, given that the federal
4: government has decided to give money to small businesses. No, this is help me. private money involved. now. This is not government money. This is private money that came from well, a foundation.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: No, this well, is got, private, private money that came setup. from a private foundation I'm speaking of.
5: Okay, you, you've got all kind of money. There's so much money that's coming into Chicago. The problem is there is a huge disparity in the disbursement of the money, be it for a non-for-profit venture, venture or in terms of procurement. If you try to apply for a grant or if you try to apply to be a uh, diverse supplier. You know, they call it the supply diversity program. However you apply, when you go and try to get it from the city, because the city usually is the main person or entity that deals with it in the city of Chicago, be it coming from private or from the government, it is very, very difficult for black entrepreneurs to even get an appointment to be able to get involved to get this money. Well, with, with the problems
4: that we did lay out here, the question remains is
5: you, you know, based
4: it? on the theme of our show is what did black america accomplish in 2010 and what is mm-hmm. the number one priority for our communities in 2011? Black, black what did Asian we accomplish last year, 2010? And mm-hmm. what is our number one priority for this year, 2011?
5: 2011's objective is black entrepreneurship and buying black. Um, what did we accomplish in 2010? In 2010, I don't think we accomplished anything. Both uh, people are more unemployed. Black youth are killing each other. Um, as 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 many authors have stated, because there were three possible books that came out last year. Um, you've got one million black people right now in prison, and another three to four million on probation or parole. And you've got all these people coming back from prison with no skills, cannot read, have nowhere to live, and then on top of that, you have relationships that are not able to sustain this type of environment, this this social environment that is The black community.
4: So, our individual individual accomplishments, many of us have had Uh, some individual accomplishments, but our individual accomplishments can they be directed as a whole of accomplishments of 2010? Is that possible or is that fair to say that? I'm an
5: optimist. I'm an optimist. I think anything is possible, but people have to pull together. There's too much fragmentation. There are too many black people who feel because they make six figures a year, be it in a government job or as a business person, they don't act like Jay Nolan. They want to just keep it for themselves, and I think that's the
4: problem. Well, Diane, the black dollar, the black
5: dollar. Go
4: ahead. Yeah, well, okay, we're well, getting ready to uh, close this segment so we can kind of go into another part. But as right. you run for a commitment and all the other works that you, um, you're you doing, and you definitely address some of the solutions that we need to uh, address, and, you know, given the one, two, three question of uh, education, entrepreneurship, and trust. uh right. What is it that, as you run for commitment, um, give us a a quick um, a statement, closeout statement on uh, why you should people should not only for the 19th ward, but why should the community at large come from as far as the north side, the far east side of Chicago to come help you be elected?
5: Well, because I'm a, I'm, I'm innovative. Um, I don't
0: I don't hold back.
5: Um, I'm a person just like everyone else, and I have an agenda. Um, I love my community. I'm born and raised here in Chicago. I'm not a comfort bagger. Um, okay. I mean, I'm a woman who who really is on a mission. Mm-hmm. A liberation so for our mission.
4: and that's give why, us a yeah, give us a number that we can call you uh so sure. that we can sure. people can get in contact with you
5: absolutely um people can can contact me via my home office number and that is area code 773 238 3896 or they can contact me via my cellular mobile number that's 773 431 2599 uh, or they can shoot
4: okay. me an email at uh, dianephilipsinhuawei dot com. Well, Diane, uh, um, we, okay. we thank you for being on the program, but listen in because my understanding that we have the uh, the chairman of Black Wall Street uh, Districts USA, Reverend Michael Carter, on the line, and uh,
5: okay.
4: uh, I want you to listen in on, on him as well. And um, Go we're definitely going to get back.
5: Okay, and I will
4: see you all on um, on Friday and what is it Saturday? Is your program? Yeah, Friday and Saturday, Gary, Indiana.
5: Right, I will so be there.
4: Okay, sounds good. So hold on, listen in, and uh, we're going to get right with you. Say, Sonia, you 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 brought Miss Diane Phillips on our program, and she's definitely been an active participant of Black Wall Street uh, since we've been here uh and been involved and uh you threw some politics on us.
3: Thank you chairman and thank you Miss Phillips. We want to have you have you call in at least once a month cuz we need that brain food and we need the uh the example that you set in the community. That's what we do on Black Wall Street USA. This is Chicago's Black Business Network. Uh, Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. This segment is Black Wall Street USA with host Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Call the numbers 347 326 9477. We'll be right back after this break.
6: Black Love. What is Black Love? simple yet elusive, totally not exclusive question of the many who have sought it, but know not what it ought to be, and seek more. Black love, deceptive black love, looking at them fine asses through rose-colored glasses, put mommy through the paces, take her many places she ain't never been before. Black love, insatiable black love, checking out the new man in the flat upstairs and trying not to seem rude or crude, yet pursuing your desires and showing interest, black love, transitory black love, seeking financial wealth for the benefit of self. Getting more toys than most of the boys? Will this alone prove who's best? Best,
2: best, 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 best.
6: Black Black love. Prodigious black love. Is it being seen in public places, looking in children's faces, while being hypocritically analytical about our bad past deeds? Black love, love. sincere black black love, what does it truly mean, it's a thing we somehow seem to constantly abuse, blatantly misuse, to satisfy our own selfish needs, black love, celebrated black love, devoid of it we will constantly be, in turmoil, disjointed and torn, From the moment we're born, needing true love,
2: the kind that always maintains. Black love. love. Righteous black love.
6: My feelings are its when The spoken of begins to dedicate and eradicate bad connotations to our name. Black love. Conquering black love. It will never be defeated we strive for all to see that we can do as we have done done,
2: done, 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 done. Black love Classic
6: black love As a people we have rich history And must show all others we can work in unison unison, unison,
2: unison.
6: (laughs) Black love Transcendent black love. Immersed in the splendor of it, we rehash, rehearse. we will then achieve that elusively persuasive thing we seek. So, if it's black love, that true black love we seek and want the meaning of, it's not elusive or unavailable. There is no big mystique, you see. It's really quite obtainable. We simply have to look inside. Of that we're all quite able. Loving who lives within. Ends the search for true black love.
3: Are you hosting an event... Would you even think about leaving 20,000 folks off of your invitation list? Well, stop what you're doing because you don't want to miss sending out an invitation to the 20,000 Chicagoland residents who read South Street Journal's new entertainment and dining section. Now, would you? The South Street Journal has been serving the Southside community for more than 17 years and has a loyal and expanding readership base. So whether you are hosting an event or cater to those who have events you truly want to be in the next issue of the south street journal call 312-239-8835 to place your ad now this media package includes a web page with clickable links to all advertisers in the entertainment and dining section of the south street journal success is just a phone call away call 312-239-8835 to place your ad today 312 239 8835.
6: Do you need assistance preparing a business plan, business presentation package, grant proposal,
4: proposal for contract procurement,
6: or preparing documents for inclusion when responding to RFPs? If so, Call Chandra M. Hooks & Associates at the area code 773-241-7110. That's Chandra M. Hooks & Associates, 773-241-7110. Phone now for your free phone consultation.
0: Do you have a loved one who's away at an Illinois Correctional Center that would love to see you today? Let Heartstrings Express assist you. We offer two visits back-to-back. These visits include an overnight hotel stay. Visit Heartstrings, the number two, IL dot com or call us now at seven zero eight four five zero eight two five two. That's seven zero eight four five zero eight two five two. The soul of Chicago, WJPC
3: You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Tonight's segment is Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Join us today and touch the world. You may also listen to a rebroadcast of this show at www.wjpcchicago.com, Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's www.wjpcchicago.com. And I also have another hat that I wear. I got a lot of hats. I just love it. I am Community Affairs Director for WJPC Chicago, the soul of Chicago. And if you have a public service announcement that you would like to send directly to me, if it is a free event or services that your organization offers, we will be happy to include you in our community calendar. You can send that information to me at Chicago's, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Network at com. We're going to close out this segment, uh, the chairman, uh, out of, Black Wall Street District in uh, Oakland was on the line. I see that he has left us. Let's welcome the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago back on the air. Welcome to the show, uh, Ron. So we Well, had, uh, I'm glad to be great
4: here. Great evening. Think that they, yeah, um, you know, especially uh, with Ms. Phillips, and then to uh, have an intro with a dialogue with Sanja. oops, Fania. Cassandra. Yeah, okay, I got
3: that long name, don't I? <laughs> Perdue. Longier Cassandra Purdue. Mr. Yes, Kyle. I
4: had a nice dialogue with my dear sister on this education. You know what? Uh, I know that we got guests that definitely want to get on our program, but uh, we you're not going to have to do that again once we get a chance, because I still got a few words. I don't think you convinced on what I said was a fact.
3: I am absolutely not convinced. I stand strong on what I said. We can pick any topic, Chairman, any topic, and we can go on about it. Just pick the topic, and we will do this. We will do this. And it's and it's all about dialogue. And so we invite it. Oh, it's all about dialogue. We invite everybody to join us uh, right here on Thursday evening, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., we invite you to join right in. I want to say once again that um got some great things coming up with Chicago's Black Business Radio Network and uh, going to have about eight new broadcasters, so we're going to see a lot of changes. We're going to share a lot of information. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network is all black on news, all you. And it doesn't mean all black people, everyone is welcome, but our target market is the African-American community, specifically in Chicago, but of course everyone is welcome. We're reaching out to everyone because it is uh, my goal to share services and information so that as Ms. Phillips said, as you said, as I expressed, uh, can't say you didn't know, can't say you didn't hear it, they didn't teach you that in school, We want to know where to go, what to do, how you do it. And I'm not talking about jab and mess and dancing and singing and praying and foot patting. I'm talking about the real stuff, and that's where I'm coming from. Those shows are also going to be replayed on W J P. C. F. N, which we have a great listening audience on that network. A lot of things get ready to happen, Chairman. A lot of things get ready to happen. I know it. I know it. Watch me now. I hear you. That's what that's what I'm talking about. I've been playing uh, number one by Nelly all week. On the way, on only where you wear me out is put your put my name on your pants. Hey, I am number one. You got to think that. You got to feel that. You got to know that because there will be forces, and it happens to everyone all the time, everywhere that will distract you from your goals. And we get distracted sometimes, and that's fine. But it's your job whether it's personal, business, financial, or what it is. And it applies to me. When I talk to you, I talk to me. Okay, when I say these things, I'm reinforcing these ideas in me. Come back to what it is that you do, know who you are, and you do it. Ain't that right, Chairman?
4: You got it. I hear you.
3: That's
4: <laughs> right. Yeah, well, we're definitely you know, on the road. Uh, I'm looking forward to, as we come to uh, the close to the end of our second year doing our uh, Chicago's Black Business Network radio program. And as we do, uh, and we build up to the end of the year, there's definitely a lot of good things on the horizon. South Street Journal is about to come on out as soon as we put some little knickknacks in place. And I can assure you that it's going to be a dynamite issue there's going to be a safekeeping that people is going to hold on to. So that means that when you place your ad in the paper, it's going to be just that. You're going to want to people going to be stealing it. So when they steal it, that means they're <laughs> stealing your business because they're going to keep your business in your in their possession.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm going to close out. We have about 30 seconds. We do have a Dining and entertainment section, as well as an author section uh, that is going to be unlike that you've seen on the south side of Chicago. A lot of things happening, a lot of things happening. I'm getting my focus together, I'm on my mission. And I didn't tell you uh, that I'm planning my tour, my country tour, on my book. I'm going on, I'm getting ready to do my thing, Chairman. So watch me. Watch my smoke, people Watch my smoke I'm smoking, smoking, smoking Ms. Phillips, we want you to come back at least once a month And tear something up Come on back You're listening to Black Wall Street USA uh, I'm going to say I like my people <laughs> That's a thing. I know you do
4: I know you do I,
3: I like my people You can't
4: do so. what you do without liking your people matter of fact You love your people. I know you do. That's right. I said it for you. You didn't say it. I'm saying it for you.
3: Have a great evening, everyone, and good night.
4: Good night, all.